Warning, the following content might trigger or offend you. This is not a politically correct podcast. And now your hosts, Russ James and Caleb Alexander. in the last oh. podcast <laughs> we were supposed to cut that out we totally didn't. and by the grace of god we we're just listening to it right after we posted it and went what is that <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to cut that out and i was under the impression that we oh were to cut also that out. also so we apologize for that also i did want to mention too on the first podcast caleb made a statement uh, he said, we were talking about Revelation. <laughs> I remember <laughs> this, yeah. Said, he said, yeah, like John wouldn't even know what metal was. <laughs> he he understands that there was metal back yes, then. Yes, it was not, it was a, <laughs> it was an in the moment statement. It's not what I meant by understood what metal was. Afterwards, I listened to that, I was cracking up. I was like, dude, he knew what metal was, like, Metal is one of the oldest. Oldest, yes. No, and I was aware of that at the time when I said it. it <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I also repeated a verse right after Russell had just said the yeah, verse. Yeah, I said Ezekiel thirty-two, and then like two minutes later, like, oh, it's found in Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you don't remember these things, great. But if you want to go back and look now, more, now they're now can, they're there. You can listen to these gems <laughs> of me being ignorant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last week we talked about um we talked about uh, a lot of different things but the week before we had mentioned at the at the end of our segment um the homosexuality thing uh-huh and um i've gotten a little bit of backlash i won't mention names but um, I had gotten a little bit of backlash about uh, my 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 perspective, and it's it's pretty common, uh, especially in our circles, uh, right. of, of getting that backlash. Um, I definitely expected some of it, um, but um, I wanted to just clarify something, and, and I wanted to read something real quick uh, that I wrote. Um, let me, uh, I should have had this already prepared. Oh, here it is. Um, and the bat, well, what the backlash was saying was, um, they, they couldn't believe that, um, God would create anybody, uh, an abomination. Right. Right. Because homosexuality in, 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 in our belief system, um, is that, uh, it's, it's a sin against God right. and the Bible calls it abomination. Um, and, uh, the, 
I feel the reason why homosexuality is a sin um, is because it goes against the natural created order of things. Right. So God created us man and female. He created us two halves of a whole. Um, if you have the wrong half, it's it's not going to work. It's not. Right. It's not going to. Uh, uh, it's not going to be the plan or the will of God. Right. Besides the fact, because there's there's the utilitarian aspect of that. Uh, of it just not working um and then there's also the 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 perverted aspect of that right because there's plenty of other sexual sins right that's not homosexuality right um and so it's kind of like a two-pronged right. uh offense there mm-hmm. um and so um i think that's that's the reason why it's a sin but the what the what the listener had said was well i don't think that god would create a person an abomination, right? So it's so somebody can't be born that way, like being born inherently with that, yeah, that yeah. innate desire for sin like that, yeah. And basically, these these were some of my answers, um, and I I wanted to read them because I, I felt like I'd, I I I had articulated them uh, in a certain way. I said, if if sin is the virus that Satan injected into the world when Adam and Eve fell. The product of that fallen state is at enmity with God's order of things. That's why I don't struggle when a person, when a gay person tells me they were born this way. That's why we needed Jesus to come and explain that we need to be born again. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. So we see in in John 3, Nicodemus coming to Jesus and he's saying, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus is telling him that you must be born again. I don't think that was coincidence. Um, Jesus was fully aware of the natural order of things and the natural state of things at the time because of the sin that Adam and Eve had. Mm -hmm. It, It plunged us into this fallen state. And basically what I'm saying here is that if if sin, that fallen state was injected into the world, the product of that fallen state would, of course, be at enmity with God. Right. Um, and and uh, I, I said a little bit more. I said most of the time, homosexuality is either corruption or childhood trauma. But I've also personally talked to folks who are very candid about their experience and who have said they were raised in a good Christian home and had no improprieties occurred. But at a young childhood age, they felt weird because they were attracted to the same sex when everything around them was screaming at them to be attracted to the opposite sex. And here's where I think the disagreement happens. The act of homosexuality is what is an abomination to God. Right. But if, and I'll grant those people if, a big if, someone is born with a chemical imbalance that makes them attracted to the same sex, it doesn't mean they have to act on it. Right. Right? So the chemical imbalance or the fallen state or the condition is not what's an abomination. Mm -hmm. Uh, God can heal anybody it doesn't have it doesn't necessarily have to be that chemical imbalance it could be another chemical imbalance you know schizophrenia down syndrome uh, any well and down syndrome is not a chemical imbalance but any any other mental condition right god can heal them of that of that it doesn't mean they have to act act out on that right right um and so and so that's 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 kind of the point i was i was making the uh 
the sin is not the fallen condition. It's the choice to act against God's word because of the fallen condition. That's why, that's why living in this current fallen state is in need of a savior. Right. Um, and it's hard to live up to God's law by, by, by our own strength when we have this flesh that was, as David put it, born in sin and shapen in iniquity. So uh, I wanted to just real, real quickly clarify and kind of throwback to the first episode we did about my position. N- in no way am I condoning homosexuality. Right, no. Um, homosexuality is a sin. It's very explicit in the Bible that, that, that it is such. Um, but I'm also not willing to say uh, never or or always. Like, never is somebody born with right. with a same-sex attraction or it's always a, a product of, of corruption or, you know, I... I who humanity is so complex, right? Like the, the church for so long has had these like black and white solutions. Right. And you know, the, it's just the way it is answers us as the church. We, we have to have thought through these things logically. Right. Uh, because my generation and the generations after me, they want real answers. They don't want platitudes and it's just the way it is. So we as the church, we have to start thinking through these answers, through these questions logically and being able to give an answer. As, as the Bible says, being able to give an answer. That, that doesn't mean we come to a conclusion that's in contrary with the word of God. That, of means, that means that we, we're, we're actually using our brain and saying, okay, well, let's, let's actually look at this situation. Instead of just condemning you and saying, no, you weren't born that way. There, 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 there is nothing wrong with you. You're just a pervert. Right. You know, instead of saying that, which in some cases that could be the instance, and, right. but instead of saying that, actually having empathy for the person saying, okay, well, what's really going on here? Like, what's the root of the problem? And once we find that root, well, then, well, then, then we can address the root properly. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's literally all I'm saying. Right. No, yeah. And I, 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 I am prone to agree. I have always thought that, you know, who, who am I really to say? what someone else's experiences are or what they aren't. You know, I have no idea. I haven't gone through that. I have no idea. But I can also say that I feel like a lot of times people who do claim to be gay did choose to be gay. Sure. I no, feel like, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that media and with all of that attention, with, all, you know, yeah. all, with the huge, like, thing, like, it's the thing to be gay right now. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. Too. And two things can be true at the same time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it, they don't. They don't contradict each other. No, just saying that some of them possibly do actually have a chemical imbalance doesn't contradict the fact that m- the majority of them probably did choose that. Yeah, for sure. But like you said, there is no black and white. We can't just go. All of you chose this. Yeah. All of you are wrong. You all like. I well, mean, they are all, all wrong. wrong. Yeah, yes, but but yeah. I mean, they're all wrong in the. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I know. They're all mean. wrong in what they're doing, but the reasons behind it are. are can be different, sure, for, 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 you know, for sure. And, and like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm granting the fact that the large majority of them, right, are uh, either childhood trauma or some sort of perversion, right. I'm, I'm granting that, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just saying I'm not willing to rule out the possibility, right, that somebody could be born with a chemical imbalance that mm-hmm. makes them. Uh, attracted to the same sex. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not willing to sit here on my high, high throne of judgment, of you know knowing all things, and be like, 
yeah, every situation is is that. You know right. what I'm saying? And I've seen, and I've seen uh, church leadership do this, and um, I'm not going to name names, but I've seen le- church leadership do this, right. and it always it always just ends in them losing the person, right? Right? Instead of addressing, uh, instead of a, trying to find the root of the problem, and obviously being there and 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 praying praying for them, praying with them, helping them, uh, they just you know, they just automatically like, nah, you got a spirit. You have to stop. Yeah. Just instantly. Just like, Which I believe that you should turn, you know, turn I, from your sins. Absolutely. But I'm just saying like, it, it, it's auto, they automatically take it, take it to the, take, take it to the stream instead of working with that person and saying, mm-hmm. okay, what's the root of the problem? And let's address that root like, of the problem right. holistically. Let's like, find out why you're feeling these feelings. Exactly. Have you had them forever? Has it, you know, yeah. What did you go through as a child? That kind of stuff. Yeah, and exactly. Figure because some brain. people are just, man, they're just messed up in the brain. Yeah. And that has to be figured out. And it's not going to happen overnight. No, absolutely um, not. And I, so I believe in godly counsel. Um, obviously, some therapists and some, you know, you know, psychotherapists and stuff, they're out there. They're, 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 you know, they're not good for you know the person they, they right. just end up making the problem worse right uh there's plenty of instances like that but there is good godly counsel that helps you get out of this stuff right. um and i believe that that is something that the church needs to look into more um science is not is not is not opposed to uh to the word of god no uh, god, god's the one that made science god's the one that made the law of science he's the one that made our brains uh, he's the one that made how we function so we shouldn't we shouldn't, um, you know, long ago there was this, and I, not that long ago, really, there was this, um, this conflict between, between, uh, God and the things of God and, and, uh, psychology. Right. Right. Um, you know, if you were, if you were a psychologist or, or, or a psychotherapist, whatever, then that automatically meant you were against the things of God. And if you were for God, then everything could, could be fixed with just an old fashioned, just an old fashioned, you know, you, you know, prayer meeting. Yeah. Or which, praying through at the altar. Just yeah, the exactly. One time, like pray through at the altar which, and you're done. There's plenty of times where that's, where, that's a thing. Yeah. And, and, and God, God can do so exactly. much more. It's not discrediting the fact that God absolutely. could do that all in one sitting. A- absolutely. But what I've found and seen is that a immediate healing or an immediate deliverance sometimes results because of our human nature sometimes results in a lack of discipline. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So instead of, instead of God just giving something to you, sometimes God makes you work through things Right. because in that process, in that, in that process, you're actually gaining discipline. You're gaining character, which will, which will help you in the future, right? Go through along other the way. So God doesn't always just hand us things, right? Like, yes, we need to turn from our sin, but that may take a process, and that may take healing over time, because um, we are just humans. We're not right, of course, you know. and and even in in that. Your struggle could bring someone else to God as well. Sure. That you, Pastor talked about that mm-hmm. uh, a while ago, but yeah. kind of that your struggle 
you might be going through it and it sucks to go through the struggle, but you realize looking back, like, I brought this person closer to God or yeah. they came to church or something like that. You know, it's, yeah, your testimony. we don't always know what the struggle and why we're going through it, exactly. but there's always a reason for it. And so I think my position is just a call to the church to just have a little more empathy. Right. Like have a little more understanding and don't approach everything the same way. Right. Because I think every case is different. Every individual is a different individual. It's, this isn't a cookie cutter religion right. where, you know, this one thing is the same for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, you, the, everybody's different. Everybody's on a different spot in their life. Everybody's on a different spot mentally. Everybody's, you know, on a different spot ment- uh, 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 spiritually, emotionally. So yeah, it, you have to address the 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 person case by case. You can't address, right. you can't just address homosexuality in a blanket statement. Okay, right. homosexuality is a sin, yes, but how we deal with that sin could be different for each and every for person. For every single person. Kind of the same question I hear a lot is why would God let me go through this struggle? Yeah, this terrible, terrible thing. Like, there's some crazy stuff out there. Absolutely. It's like, why did God let that happen? And I've had a lot of people have dealt with that. that yeah, is, and, it, and that's kind of a harder one to answer. That's a that's a very common uh, question for the atheistic perspective. Mm-hmm. So, the 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 question is, if God, why evil? Right. right. If God, why bad? Right. Right. Um, they, they claim that like if God is love mm-hmm. and God loves us, why would He put this upon us? Yeah. Um, and the answer is pretty is a pretty simple one. Right. Uh, if you actually look at it without your bias, mm-hmm. you know, without your without your hurt or without your bitter, if you can look at this this question without looking through the lens of, of your own hurts and your own, you know, bitterness, you can, you can actually see what's going on here because right. the Bible says God is love. Mm-hmm. Not that God has love or that God, uh, loves. Right. But that God is the essence of love. Right. And so when, when you look at that, we believe that God is outside of time, space, and matter. Right. He created time, space, and matter. And so, before creation, before there was, right, God, how could God express that, that essential attribute without creating? He couldn't. Right. There's no... There's no giving love or or receiving love if there's not if there's no object of that of that love. Right, right. And so God had to create, but not only did God have to create, but He had to create somebody who was like Him. Right. And the Bible says that God created man in His own image. Right. Well, I don't believe that that God created man with the same eyes, nose, ears, and mouth. That, that he has, you know, the right. same physical no. attributes. That's not what it's talking about because the Bible says that God is a spirit. God doesn't have a, a human a body. Yeah, a, hu- a human physical form. Um, so what does it mean when it says that God created in his image? Uh, 
it's talking about uh, it's talking about like God in the in the way that God has free will. Okay, yeah, because it wasn't enough to only create; he had to create something like him to have free will. Because to love or be loved is literally that; it's using your free will. Right, love is a choice. You can't love if you don't have free will to love. Exactly. If he created robots to, you know, pro be, be programmed to say I love you, he, that that wouldn't be real love. You could, you could probably program your phone to say I love you, but you, that's not love. You, you can ask exactly ask all of the 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 Siri and all that. Exactly, She'll and so he had to give us free will in in that bargain or in that trade of giving you free will. He knew that sin or that something that's not like God or contrary to, to his godliness, to his holiness right, would be there. And that's where you get Re- Re- Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 where it says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Basically saying Calvary, him dying on the cross was not a plan B. Right. Him dying on the cross was a plan A. He knew as soon as he created that 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 sin was going to was going to happen right and the payment for his creation was his own blood right that's how much he loved his creation was you know what i love my creation so much that i'm going to put on human flesh and i'm going to die for my creation before he even created us right that's crazy yeah it's very crazy and, and that's and that's when you when you look at it differently and you look at that way you you begin to understand okay Free uh, the the product of free will is that there's going to be something opposite than God. Right. He created us with the agency to do something opposite or contrary to Him, mm-hmm. because God is the standard of holiness. God is the standard of, of 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 right. God is the standard because He's the one that created. But because He created free will, of course, there can be something other or contrary to that free will right. or, or excuse me contrary to that holiness contrary to that righteousness yeah and that's and and that's what sin is right and so and and uh you can kind of look at it this way what's what's the what's the opposite of light dark dark what's the opposite of good bad right well light is energy right Dark is the absence of energy. Dark is really not a thing. Right. Dark is just the absence of that energy. Right. So evil is is not really a thing. It's the corruption of the good. It's the uh, it's it, the absence of Exactly. Good. It's the good. So so you have good and evil is just the the corruption or the absence of that good. Right. And so it's 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 not really a thing. You can have a car with rust, but you can't have rust without a car. Right. Okay, it's it's the same thing. You you can have, you can have uh, good and evil, but you can't have just evil. Right, or even even kind of with, with yeah. that. I just thought it was stupid. Like when a banana or or a fruit starts to rot mm-hmm. or whatever, you can't. That can't rot. It wasn't made rotten. Nope. It, it has to live and be a full fruit exactly. first before it. So it has to be good, and exactly. then the absence of that banana is rotten. So in a sense. Because God created, God created the ability for evil or the capability for sin. But he didn't create the specific. But he didn't create the sin. He created the capability for sin in that he created something other than him. 
And that kind of even ties back to our first topic, the which is the why would God create, create people yeah, with yeah. homosexuality? Is yeah, it? and that's a product of him creating uh, beings with agency, right? Uh, beings with free will, and that they introduced sin into the world, and it it caused this fallen state to happen, right? Um, and so, yeah, uh, that and what's so amazing about that whole thing is that, like I said, God is um is uh, all knowing, and so before He even created, He knew the price to be paid was right. at Calvary. That's why in Revelation thirteen eight it says, "He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world." That's, it's that's just it's an incredible scripture. That's like creating for some, for like that would be like creating a sculpture. And knowing that you are going to die because of that sculpture one day, yeah. like, and yeah. still choosing to create that sculpture, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. God, except the sculpture is an object of His love, and that right, can right. love Him back, yeah. right? Which is is, and they say, well, isn't that cruel that God would send me to hell simply for not loving Him? Well, this is this is the basic analogy. What you're saying is, um, if if you were a, 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 a female I, I guess we could use it If you're a male And um, You had this uh, Female suitor it Doesn't usually work that way That's why I, I was going to say If you're a female But Say that you had a, a A woman A female Who really liked you And just really wanted To be with you Okay But you didn't feel that way You were like I, I don't I don't like this in This individual That that way It's not a thing Right But that person Just began to become Very aggressive Become, you know, sit outside your house, not right. n- knock on your door at all hours of the day, like trying to get your attention. Right. At some point, you are going to you are going to get so fed up with it that you're going to, uh, you know, get a restraining order out on this person. Right. Because they are they are, they've crossed the line. Well, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force anybody to love him. That's why he right. gave you free will. He knocks at the door and waits. He 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 gave us a, a a word of God, the Bible, which is a love letter to humanity. Right. And he gave us preachers, people that will that will that will preach that message to you. But at the end of the day, it's still your decision. Right. He's not going to force you to love him. So if that that and, and that's what basically hell is, it's not so much the fire and the brimstone, which I believe that. You know, there's an aspect to it that's that that's definitely biblical. Right. I think what makes hell hell is that it's complete separation from God. Right. If you don't want him in this life, he's not gonna he's not gonna force you. He doesn't in want the next you one. in the next one. Well, he's not gonna force you in the next one. That's basically I mean, he still wants you. That's basically but. what you're saying to him when you reject his love. I don't want you, and so God gives you what you ask for, which is the op with the absence of him, exactly. which would be hell. Exactly, and so everything that's right, everything that's good, is is basically completely corrupted in hell. Right. So, and that's why it's so miserable, because good is so right and so good, and the absence of God, right. the complete absence of God, is the result of hell, right. which is going to be miserable. It's going to be absolutely miserable. First of all, the one that I really want to talk about is Kanye's new album. Okay, let's talk. I about wanted it. to talk about that. Have you listened to it? Uh, I through, I did I did listen to the whole thing. 
Okay. In one sitting? Yes, in one sitting. Oh, good. Okay. I listened to the whole thing all the way through. Me too. Twice. Go ahead and give me your opinion. I mean, okay. Opinions from a... I'll give you two opinions. Okay. First opinion is from just strictly a listener as like yeah. a, a, a just a uh, whether it's as just music alone. Yeah. Like it. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Music was great, but I felt like it wasn't as it was a lot of slow. Yeah. Which is very different from Kanye. Well, sort of. Uh, I thought it was a pretty much a Kanye album. It, uh, as far as the music goes. No. See, I, I, I would kind of. It didn't have a lot of bangers in it, you know, Not like, like it didn't have a lot of like upbeat type songs, which, yeah. which yes, Kanye doesn't always have a lot of, but he always has at least a couple yeah. from what I've heard that are like more upbeat, but from just a musical standard, it was very good. I thought it was very good. It was very clean, Yeah, which is great because Kanye's albums so f- the other ones were not. Yeah. <laughs> Very explicit. Um, and so this was a, a, a breath of fresh air for to yeah. listen to a Kanye album and be like, wow, that was like clean. And So I, I'm going to be a little more harsh with my criticism. Sure. Um, I agree with you that this album... And I, I don't obviously. I don't listen to Kanye. Uh, this is the only album that right. I've, that well, I've course, actually yeah. listened to. I've, um, I only, I've only heard songs of others. So. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you that in juxtaposition or in contrast to his other work, this was a breath of fresh air. Right. This was great. Right. Because the album was truly uh, gospel in that mm-hmm. it talked about God the whole time. I, I it never really talked about Kanye, which uh, is surprising because uh, Kanye is very or was very, um, if he's on this road to transformation, was very self centered. Right, it was all about him. It was all about his brand name, his fame. So in that sense, in that regard, the album was a good fresh or a good breath of fresh air. Now, right, unfortunately, I think that's the only good quality about it. Okay, and here's and here's what I mean by that. When it comes to standard of music and actual like uh, contributing to the art of music or the industry, it was weak to me. Um, as you put it, it didn't have very many bangers. I would go, I would go a more sophisticated route. It wasn't musically complex. It was um, the vocals were good. Most of the vocals were not him. Right. Um, the vocals were 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 pretty good, but most of it was sampling. Right. Right. From 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 other artists, um, and so in that in the music aspect, it was weak. It was a weak project, um, and in the other aspect, theologically, it was also weak. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very you know surface surface theology. It which was, is, which is fine. Uh, it it was not the the in that I feel like Christians are going bananas over this album when in reality it's it's not a great album. You see what I'm saying? Like musically or the, 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 theologically, it doesn't it doesn't contribute to the to the to the to the Christian listener almost at all. The only justifying quality or the only good quality is that wow, 
what a what a transformation for Kanye. Right. He went from from you know spewing absolute garbage to now he's right. actually producing art that is that glorifying is. God. Right. Um. And so that and that's what I mean by the album was a was a breath of fresh air, but that was but that was pretty much it. Right. Everything else as far as the music quality, eh, as far as the theology, yeah. I mean, Kanye sang on it uh, a couple times and I honestly wonder what do people see in Kanye singing? Like Oh he's, yeah, he doesn't he's not a, a singer. No. And also his raps are weak. Like his li- lyrically, he's not a great lyricist as far as like his mm-hmm. raps. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not, I'm not seeing the the, you know, the I'm not seeing the appeal that people are seeing, right. but I, I, frankly, like some of his songs weren't even two minutes long. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, most songs on average are at least three minutes long. It, it just, it seemed like a weak project all around, but I agree with you. It was a breath of fresh air, but that was pretty much right. the only good thing about it. Which I would disagree with you on a couple of those things. Okay. And by this a couple, I mean, disagreement I mean all on this podcast. No, not all. Um, I, I would agree with you that it was a little bit weaker than I expected. Yeah. I mean, I should say expected. I really didn't. I didn't expect a lot. I wanted a lot, but I didn't expect a lot. Yeah. But it also kind of met the other standard of it wasn't as great as it was supposed to be. Or, you know, as it was hyped up. To. Yeah, but how do you... Okay, like I said, this was really the first album that I actually listened to Kanye. Mm-hmm. And I was very underwhelmed. Right. Like, the amount of hype that Kanye gets, the amount of of attention that Kanye gets, dude, his music isn't that great. Right. Like, I was like, okay. Like, it didn't do anything for me. Like, the one song that I was that I was kind of jiving with was like the least theological song, which was uh, Closed on Sunday. Oh, yeah, that one was pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to the lyrics, Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Like, that's not theologically very deep. Yeah, no. But that was the only one that I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. The other one was when he goes into the, uh, he he takes the um, Hallelujah uh, and he he flips it, it like Selah. three or four times, and yeah, Selah. That that section of the song, I was like, that, that that was pretty cool. But literally, all they were saying was, "Hallelujah." Um, so, like I said, m- musically weak, theologically not I, strong either. I will definitely agree with you on the fact that it was theologically weak yeah. in the sense of that. I I actually liked most of them. From a musical standpoint, yeah. In the fact that that is kind of a style now, yeah. I was is to sample, yeah. Everything. Well, he I don't mind known, sampling. He is known for sampling, and he's known for having obscure music. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind sampling at all. Um, it just wasn't. It just wasn't in my. Follow case. God was really good to me. Yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know if you. Can. Yeah, I heard it. Like this is what your life like. Try to live the life right. People really know you push your buttons like type right. This is like a movie, but it's really yeah. I can't get down with the, with the way that they do the way that he does lyrics because like he he just like t- 
takes a syllable and he just drills that syllable over and over. Which that and over is again. that is his it, style. Man, it it drives the mess out of me. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many more lyrically strong artists out there. There, there definitely are. I can agree with you. I don't that. understand the hype basically uh, around Kanye. I, I'm like, okay, he he's an elementary rapper at best, mm-hmm. and then his music is not that great. And in this particular instance, his theology wasn't great. So right. The, that's why I say the only redeeming va- value or the only redeeming factor about this album that was like good and I was like, you know, I I liked about it was that it was a very much a difference than what he's put out before right. and it was a breath of fresh air. And a, a Christian person could, could listen to that album no problem. There's, right. no, there's nothing in it there's that not, is... Not a thing. That is contrary to... Uh, God, it's just a feel-good album. Uh, would would we do any of those songs in church? Absolutely, absolutely not. not no. But um, you know, it's whatever. If you're, well, if you're rolling around do, your car, we could probably do. <laughs> yeah, my Chick Fil A, dude. I can't wait until the videos come out of these churches that are trying to be quote unquote hip, trying to do these songs in church. You know, there's going to be some. <laughs> you know, there's going to be some people <laughs> that are going to do this. There, I can see it now. They're like. Really- Use this God. They're gonna like. They're gonna protection. <laughs> and then there's like some like the Kenny G part was sick. Yes, the Kenny G part. But I can see it now. There's like a a, a kind of okay saxophone player in their church. That's yeah. like boop 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. They're gonna have like little kids dancing. Yeah, my chick felt like a whole group of kids dancing. They're all like stage. flossing at the front. Like you're my <laughs> so chick. Oh, man. Hands on was good. God is was pretty good. Water was cool. On God was cool. Yeah, I, I. The only one that I actually didn't. I disagree with all of those. Yeah, thing. I mean, I I I downloaded it. Well, not downloaded, it, but added it right. to my library as soon as it came out, and I listened to it right away, all the way through, and because I wanted to give it a chance, I was like, okay, I want to hear what. And I actually took the lyrics and I read the lyrics, uh-huh. you know, to make sure I could, you know, grab everything and. uh yeah, it just, it was underwhelming. It was the only underwhelming. line that I actually remember was, I, I used to think Job was a job. Yeah. And I thought that was... <laughs> I used to... <laughs> Job was a job. Yeah, that was, that was the one that was like, okay, that's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I, was, I wasn't as impressed yeah. with it. But... And of course, this album is going to get huge acclaim because it's super controversial. A secular a rapper is now going complete, you know, complete gospel, um, and everybody's going nuts. So this album is going to get probably win Grammys. I it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as far as like quality of music and quality of lyrics. But it's not great. I from what I've heard, like I from what I've heard, his quality of music can be better than yeah. that. And I'm excited because if he sticks with this, yeah, his music can Get grow better. to be well. I'm, I'm just exponentially hoping, better. I'm just hoping Kanye starts thinking differently. So his mind obviously works very weirdly. <laughs> like yes, looking at his art, even in the past, uh, and like I said, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I haven't really listened to his. No, stuff yeah, at all. same. But even just like his covers and stuff, everything. Yeah. Is his fashion, his mind works very weird. Like he, he's it does. A, he's a weird individual. I'm, it's just there's no, no yeah absolutely. there's no two he, ways to slice it. He's no, a, he's, he's a very a, weird. He's definitely an oddball weird person. Yeah. And so I just hope that um, through this transformation, um, and 
I, I, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic when it comes to Connie's transformation. Since our last episode, um, I actually watched a message from his pastor, the pastor that's been, you know, helping him. Uh-huh. And dude, the pastor was actually like, he was making like solid Christian theological right. points. Like he wasn't sugarcoating it. Mm-mm. Like he was, he was preaching at one of Kanye's Sunday services, and his his message was, when you see God. You have to understand two things: God is holy, and you are a sinner, and that, and that you need to repent from your sin. Like he was laying it down. Like Joel Osteen doesn't preach like this. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Kenneth Copeland. You know, some of these big time televangelists they don't preach like this. Right. Like he was laying down some 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 actual theological truths here. And right. So, uh, what was he in full tr- full truth as as we as apostolics believe? You know, maybe not, but. I mean, I, I was encouraged. I was like, okay, so Connie found somebody who you know actually believes this thing. Uh, it it is definitely interesting, and I, and I'm actually quite 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 optimistic as far as that. I still stand by my previous statement uh, last week when I said because uh, I actually I've watched a couple of Connie's. This this is this has piqued my interest over the last week. Yeah, and I've I've actually watched Kanye's Sunday services that uh-huh. he, that he puts on. And um, it's kind of weird, yeah. In that um, everybody is is singing. There's a lot of singing, which is great. You know, singing's good in church. But <laughs> Kanye literally just stands on the on the platform behind the worship leader, and he just stands there, like, like he just watches everybody. And he's got a big poster behind him that says Kanye's Sunday service. And so at some point you're like, well, is this Kanye's service or is this Jesus' service? Like, like who are we here for? Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, is he drawing crowds because of him? Because of his acclaim? Right. Or is he drawing cl- crowds because these people love Jesus? And so that's why I feel like it's dangerous to use his acclaim or his fame to draw people. You're Oh, absolutely. You know what no, I'm saying? No. You're you're He's not a. He's and I've not always a, agreed on that. He's not we, a spiritual yeah. mentor. He's not a. He's just an artist that now has given his life to right. to, to Christ. Hopefully that is the case, and um, so we can't we we can't like as Christians like be like, oh now I'm I'm a I'm a Kanye follower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like some people are doing this, and I, that concerns me. So that aspect of of, of the way it is concerns me. So that that's the only thing that that I see. Right. Yeah. No. I I definitely agree. Just watching impulsive. Uh, have you heard this guy, Stefan Arneo? Stefan Arneo? Yeah, Stefan Arneo. He's a um, real estate guy, but he wrote a book, um, Hard Times Create Strong Men. Mm. Yeah, you've told me about that. Yeah. Uh, and he did an interview on Logan Paul's show. Oh, really? On impulsive, yeah. So I was watching it, and uh, it, was, it was interesting because, you know, they're pretty liberal, they're pretty left. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, um, 
this this perspective is is pretty conservative, pretty traditional. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very. Uh, and so it was like two worlds were colliding, and their brains were like exploding <laughs> on the show. Really? Yeah. It was pretty interesting. If you get a chance, you should watch it. But right now, I'm actually I'm actually reading the book. I, I read like uh, the first like seven chapters, and then now I'm just listening to the audio book. It's mm. really it's really good. A lot of a lot of good things. It's weird because as a man, as a male, when you listen to that, it's like your and he says it in the book, but it's like your the the software you were programmed with is like activated as a male. When you when you listen to it, you feel invigorated. You feel inspired. Like Oh wow! It gives you—I uh, don't know—it's like it's like this weird biological trigger that happens when you listen to what he's saying. It like rings true, and it just like it like activates something in you, and uh, it's 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 really good. I would recommend it for huh. any uh, any male listener, and it's specifically for men. the The book is specifically for, for for men. The title is "Hard Times Create Strong Men," and even the the author got a lot of pushback from like women or other people that are in society like why isn't it called strong people or strong women and it's literally the whole point of the book is to go against that mindset like no we need strong men uh society civilization social fabric we need to stop creating weak men and we need to start we need we need strong men and so it's, it's a really really good book um that I recommend for anybody. Women can read it, but just know it's not for you. Right. Like, you can read it and and know what to look for in a man. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. actually, you know, find a find a good person, a good man. But uh, yeah, it, it's really good. I, I, in fact, I would recommend you like listen yeah. to the the, the audio book. Um, it definitely is is a good. Uh, it's a good. It's, it's good content for yeah. sure. I remember you. You had told me it was off of a. I don't know if he wrote it, but that that little like saying, it's Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He Marcus Aurelius saying was, "Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times." And it's just this, and then it starts over it's just again. This about eighty year cycle that happens, um, and we're we're in the weak men. According to him, we are on the. Like eighty years ago, we were fighting in World War Two. Our seventeen, eighteen year old guys were were lying to be in into the military, storming right. the beaches of Normandy. When now we've got twenty five year old guys, you know, in their basement, uh, playing video games or watching porn, you know, twenty four seven. Right. Um, so we're we're definitely on that. Uh, good times creating weak men, and it's just a matter of time when that kicks in, where the weak men start creating some really hard times. So. Or we're already started that. Yeah. Well, I would say right now, I mean, I know the narrative and the media is saying that, you know, we're, we're, we're in some bad times, but oh well, there's no great war. No, yeah. There's no we're great depression. Uh, we're, we're in some pretty good times right now. And oh, unf- definitely. Unfortunately, yeah. it's, it's, it's making uh, some very weak, some very weak men. Right. I mean... It's it's not uncommon to see these like fake barista boys from Starbucks with their fake glasses to make themselves look educated, whine about you know their work week of twenty hours because they couldn't spend an extra hour on their Xbox or something. Look, you didn't have to out me like that, okay? What's that? 
I said you didn't have to out me like that, okay? I get it. If the shoe fits, I'm just kidding. The new Call of Duty came out yesterday. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Yeah. And this actually segues perfectly into what I was going to talk about. Is it? Does it really? Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So, Call of Duty. Not watch in a good your way, segment. Probably, wait, wait, what? <laughs> probably not in a good way. Keep going. Yeah, you're probably going to be like. So, violent video games no. are. Um, no. Call of Duty: The Modern Warfare. Yes. I'm very excited because I think I might get it. Okay. And it's going to be the first Call of Duty game that I've bought in a long time uh-huh. because they've sucked. They're the World Apple War II was good. Okay. Did you play World War II? Yeah, it was okay. It was Bro, okay, that was like the best Call of Duty game they came out with. No. The best Call of Duty game of all time is Black Ops 2. Nah, I disagree. Absolutely, Black Ops 2. I disagree. Maybe Black Ops. I didn't play, I personally didn't play Black Ops, so I don't know. I mean, I've yeah. played it, but like, you know. Yeah, I've, I, I've, I've heard that opinion, but. But. I disagree with it. But hardly. this one, it's. It's claimed that it has been the best... Well, it isn't claimed. It has been. It has been the best-reviewed Call of Duty game since 2011. Hmm. Interesting. And it's only... I mean, it is only a day in, so it can't be too... Yeah. You know? But it's... It's more realistic than any other one so far. Dude, World War II is crazy realistic. Yeah. This one is even more. How can it be realistic if it's Modern Warfare? What do you... No, no, no. So, so Modern Warfare in the sense that it's right now. Yeah. It's right I now. I don't know. It's, dude, like, like crazy things. Like, they just in the fact that they added that you can run with aim down sights, mm-hmm. insane game-changing thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Because in every game, when you, like, aim down the sights, things change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your guy slows down and he kind of, like... Well, that's the thing. Realistically, you can't. You like, can though. Yeah, but you can't run, run. Yeah, but like, it, you but can the jog, way it does is it, it it like it like bobs your gun when you run. Yeah. Like it it crazy. It's crazy. I I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to play it. It's it has some issues with multiplayer as of right now, like yeah. server issues, which I think Oh, oh yeah, they're going to fix because that's their bread and butter. Yeah, most <laughs> games do have that at the beginning. When they're first really, and that's literally what Call of Duty is known for is its multiplayer online. Yeah, like that, that's, I mean, that's their. That's I've their, heard that it has a good campaign as well. Yeah, but see, and that's what I'm talking about when I talk about World War Two. The is the campaign. I I don't like the multiplayer. Like I don't like. Oh playing see, other people. oh see. Then I like yeah. playing the campaigns. Yeah, I I like because I'm the weird like his history guy that likes right. you know going through the campaign or whatever. So that's what I'm talking about when I say World War Two is the best game. Storyline was good. Graphics were good. Gameplay was awesome. Uh, the the gu- the guns were real. I mean, it was that was to me the best Call, Call of Duty by far. Hmm. I'm but, not sure. What are you looking for? I'm trying to look uh, what time period this one is set in. Wouldn't it be today? Uh, see, but I don't. I don't know. So the other modern warfare's. <laughs> what um, is this? Like the fourth modern warfare. Oh, so it's literally right now. It's set in 2019. Oh, okay. In 2019, during a covert mission to recover shipments of dangerous chemical gas headed for 
Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan, CIA agent Alex, blah, 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 is intercepted by unknown hostiles who kill off the Marine Raiders accompanying Alex and escape with the gas. Alex Handler, station chief, blah, 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 then requests the assistance of the SAS captain, John, whatever, is recovering in recovering the chemicals and de-escalating the situation with Russia. That's a quick little... There's a lot more here of the story. Yeah. but um, So it's set literally right now. It's modern. Yeah. And it's a, it's a soft reboot of the others. Yeah. Soft reboot in the sense that it, it's called Modern Warfare. That's the soft reboot. It's yeah. supposedly nothing like... I didn't actually play Modern Warfare, the other ones, very much. I played two, Modern Warfare 2. Uh-huh. But I, I, uh, I just did some of the missions on it. I didn't really do much other than that. But yeah, I, I remember playing it with some of my friends. But I'm I'm just I'm very very excited for yeah. it. Yeah. No. Uh, what else? <laughs> the reason why I said it was like a good segue um, is because I think video games are a massive waste of time. Right. And um, that we as we go. <laughs> Listening to this um, audiobook or reading this book about hard times create strong men. Right. Um, it just, I don't know, it's given me a, a, a new perspective about like the maturation of men. Uh huh. And um, how we're just like inundated with like endless, inter- like self entertaining ourselves. Yeah. Like, uh, the philosophies, the Stoics, and the Epicureans. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. So the Stoics. So the Stoics believed that virtue was based on how much how much self control that you had, mm-hmm. or like how much you denied your own pleasures in order right. to you know right you know you work whatever. And the Epicureans believed it was a it's basically like a hedonistic perspective mm-hmm. where like pleasure was the ultimate. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. And um, and just just showing and reading this book, it's showing how the one philosophy is what is what builds the nation, and the other philosophy is what destroys that nation. Yeah. So, like, like the Roman Empire was built on hard men, strong men that were, you know, militaristic and that were right. like, you know, building, and it ended with. That's- it ended with men like literally being just all about their pleasure, all about, you know, just living for the, you know, you know, the Roman sex orgies and living for the, uh, um, just, you know, the money, the greed, the yeah. wealth, everything. It's funny you bring that up. I and that's literally that how Rome fell. They right. fell from within. Absolutely. And yeah. they were sacked by the, by the barbarians, another strong civilization, right. strong men. Um, and, and it's, it's crazy when you look at today, man, because even in the church, you see this. You see these these man child, these these boy childs, yep, uh, that are just. It's all, and it's it's frustrating for even their wives because these some most of these some of these guys are married, yeah, and their wives have to, you know, pick up the slack, and they have to, and this kind of. <laughs> Uh, this kind of leads into what I was gonna say. 
Uh, so I was having a discussion this week and uh, with with my class. And if you're from my class and you're listening, shout out to you. Um, you know who you are. Yes, you know who you are. So was, their class is on... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was having a discussion. And, my, and, and, and I teach... Um, I teach adults, so these aren't kids. These are uh, ranging from 19 to, you know, 50, 60 or whatever. So right. a huge range of people. Um, and um, I was having a discussion with my with, with my class, and the topic came up, um, is having kids a waste of time? Oh, it's such a easy-to-answer topic. And... Um, but it's also hard. It, it would be interesting. I, I I would want to hear your opinion on this. Is is having kids because our society tells us that it's very hard to have kids. It's right. time consuming. It's hard work. You know, it it, it cramps yeah. your, your your style. You know, right. how to how to live or whatever. Course, so, yeah. what is what is your opinion? So, it's definitely a waste of time to have kids. It takes away from my video games. It takes away from my money. It takes away from my wife. It takes away from... Of course, why would I have kids when they're just money suckers who just (laughs) take everything away from me? They take away my freedom. They take away... Why would I have kids? Is that your final answer? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is a video game, is that your final answer? (laughs) No, God, no. Yes, absolutely... I can't wait to have kids. Um, I love... Okay, so... I'm still very young. Yes. In the sense that I still find... You're still 18, little, aren't you? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Thanks for putting my age <laughs> out on... No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We can cut it if you want. I No, I don't care. Um, I'm still very young, so I still have the immature, like... You know, oh my God, kids are... Yeah. Ugh. Kids are gross and annoying. And plus, I used to work at a at a, a children's type place, and oh, I, was, I, I don't care. Rock and jump. I used to work at Rock and Jump in an area, and um, it was horrible because there were little kids everywhere, and I hate little kids. <laughs> no, but and that's just with age, though. I, I, that comes with age, where you get to a point where I think everyone should, if they're a healthy person, should eventually want to have kids. Yeah. That's a natural thing that we as humans should have is the natural desire to care, nurture, and raise a child of our own. And I definitely do not think that it's a waste of time. It is how societies grow, continue. It's how we've lived on this earth for however many years we've lived on this earth. It's how we continue. It's how civilizations grow. It is the point of being on this earth to make other humans, I mean, even from a religious standpoint, it is the purpose is to make more people basically to love God. I mean, that's kind of a, a very base level thing to say, but like, it's kind of, it's kind of our point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically what I, what I said. Um, and basically my, my answer is no, I would never have kids. <laughs> well, what's interesting is this person that I was talking to, she's probably, and if you're listening and I get your age wrong, don't, uh, don't get crazy. Um, she's probably in her forties, um, and she was making the the case that kids um, they just harm the mother's body because you know the, the the mother's body will never be the same after they have kids. Um, that person used to be a child. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that person would not exist if her theolo- theology was implemented to her mother. Yeah. 
So, for so that was she. She had she, she had three arguments. First, it 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 messed up the mom, the the you know the mother's body. Number two, um, it was hard work and a waste of time, energy, and money. Well, if it's hard work, because why just, would we want to do it? Because you're just you're just putting into this child, and it, it it's, it's it just takes up time, energy, and money, and you can't focus on your career. You can't focus on anything. And then the third thing that she said was. Uh, they don't even care anyways once they grow up. Like, they, they just leave and they never come back and it's it's just not a, you know, whatever. To which, <laughs> as I, <laughs> because she was talking to another student and I was like, wait a minute, um, let, let's go ahead, <laughs> let, go ahead, give it to me. Like, what do you, because I heard the topic and so she gave me those three points and, um, and you, so, of course, broke out the whiteboard. And <laughs> should have. It was right at the end of the day, so I had to let them go. But um, no, I basically explained to her that her position was kids are a waste of time. My position is that kids are literally the point. Absolutely. Like yeah. they're, they're literally the point. Um, God created us in his image, again, with free will, but also in the fact that we have we have that nature to create. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we are to procreate. The one of the very first commandments in Genesis is be fruitful and multiply. Right. And that, that's going back to our past discussion, that's why homosexuality is like it's totally it, it, it doesn't even make sense in the natural scientific order of things. Right. And so we as humans our purpose in life are one of our main purposes. Like God gave each and every one of us a purpose. And one of our main, main purposes in life is to sustain society, is to is right. to create uh, human beings that contribute to our social fabric. Right. And so that that's not just doing the act and then conceiving and then bearing a child and then you're done. No, no. Right? No, it's actually creating that person, like instilling in that person values and investing in that person to where that when they get to an to an age of uh, of adulthood, they they now in turn contribute to society. Right. Not only will they contribute to society, but selfishly they'll also contribute to the family, to the family that you created, to you. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's this whole give and take thing. And she, uh, I was explaining to her, look, we have anywhere from seventy five to eighty five years on average here on this earth. Okay. Right. We naturally age. We our bodies are eventually going to die. Right. So the argument that it destroys the mother's body, who says? We're I mean, we're eventually going to die anyways. Like right. the the investment of giving of yourself to bring about life and to bring about a, a productive life is so minuscule in comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. And obviously, people are going to listen to this and say, well, you're a guy. It doesn't matter for you. Okay, if if I'm a dad, like if I'm if I'm the guy and in the, in the dad, my per, my perspective is that the dad doesn't get off easy. Like our society, they and this is part of the thing with strong men and 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 uh, weak men. We discount men so much in our society. Right. We don't even understand that a proper home needs a father. Absolutely. And the father is a big part of the home. Yep. And the father has a big role to play in the home. He, not only is he the provider, 
but he's also the disciplinarian. Um, he gives to two daughters. He shows an example of what a man should be and what what Absolutely. they should be. To to sons, he shows the son what a man should be to to a wife. Um, there's there's so many aspects that a dad ha- it does, and that's also work. Like that also takes investment from 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 the father, time, energy, and money. Absolutely. So to say that the dad is just off the hook, well, yeah, because society has discounted the male for so long. Right. They 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 basically shoved the man out of the home, and. And I'm not saying all men. Some men are just deadbeats and they just, they're losers, right? Right. And they leave. But in other instances, they're telling these women, no, the women can do everything. You know, the, the, no, 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 no. The men, the man and the wife are, are equal when it comes to value. But they are not equal when it comes to, uh, uh, roles. What they contribute. Exactly. The wife, the wife contributes, contributes something that's, very valuable and the husband contributes something that's also very Very, valuable and without either one of those components equally as valuable but different they're equally as valuable but they're very 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 different and when the wife starts doing the role of the of the husband the wife is now not fulfilled in her purpose right and so the the that that mother or that wife um uh tends to um tends to get bitter tends to feel like look life is life is meaningless life you know they're not living up to their purpose right same with the men if the if the men shirk their responsibility and they're constantly out for what they can get in their entertainment and their selfish needs and desires they also feel this way because right. they're not living up to their purpose and they're and when it's a proven fact the more the harder you work the more fulfilled you are right and so when a mother and a father come together and they put in they the father does the father role the mother does the mother role and they put in 100% that is when they're going to be the most happiest it's not Absolutely. when the mother puts off getting married or the excuse me the 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 female puts off getting married until she's in her 30s and because she wants to go to school for it's very interesting this is this is kind of what happens in society a woman that does that, that focuses on career and and schooling and everything like this, they'll they'll put aside all all, all of you know the family, uh, the the normal traditional family things. And usually at seventeen, mm-hmm. eighteen, this is when they say this. Yeah. This, this is when like, oh, I'm not gonna get married. I'm not gonna have kids right away. I want to do my own thing first. I want to be an independent woman. They say that around seventeen, right. eighteen. So they spend you know many years in college. Finally, they end up being a you know, neurosurgeon or something, you know, making, uh, you know, 300,000 plus a year, right. you know, making good money, has a good career. And then all of a sudden 31, 32 rolls around and guess what? Their, their instinct or their natural biology kicks in and they're like, you know what? I want a kid. I want a family. Right. But the problem is they've now spent all this time doing, doing this and now they're stuck with a decision. Do they marry below them? Because there's not a, there's not a lot of guys that are, as far as that economic bracket, that are up there. Usually those guys at that age who are up there already have a wife. Yeah. So now they're stuck with, okay, now I have to marry below me and I'm the, and I'm the breadwinner. So I can't actually be a stay-at-home mom. 
or I could take a huge pay cut and trade in this valuable thing that I went to spend tons of time to do and tons of money at schooling. I have to trade that in now to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. So they're in this because they're not fulfilling their God-given role as a woman. A woman is, and this is going to sound sexist, this is going to sound chauvinistic. It's not. This is just the way it is. The woman is the, the homemaker. Right. Just the way it is. The woman is the homemaker, and the man is the provider. The man is the guy that goes out and hunts and gathers and brings back home for, 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 for the family. Right. Those aren't two different, like, those aren't un, unequal roles. Those are just two different roles. Right, which even even on that... I don't, I don't understand where we got off thinking that staying at home and being a staying-at-home mom is somehow subpar or less than, just simply because of monetary value. It is a very vital, vital role in the family. Right, which even on that, we could go not even a religious route, yeah. just in a, a natural, like, this is what I don't get about saying that, and they're like, oh, that's so sexist. I'm like, even if you believe in, like, crazy stuff like evolution or something like that, yeah. that still natural supports... Selection. It's been this way for thousands and thousands of years. still supports that the wife stays at home, cares yes. for the kids, cares yes. for the, does, cooks, all that stuff. And the like you said, the man goes out hunts and brings the food. That's been a thing exactly. for even in their even yes their their stuff about the evolution. That's how it's been. Yes, and which so is what, why I don't get. And so what ends up happening when that when that girl is 30, 31, 32, and she can't find a guy, she'll do one or two things. She'll forget it entirely and she'll just mess around and say, you know what, I'm not going to have kids. Or she'll she'll uh, go ahead and and settle quote-unquote settle for a for a man child and then she'll have to always be the breadwinner he'll be the deadbeat and eventually that usually ends up in divorce anyways with just making a horrible and family they may, for the kids they may have one or two kids those kids turn out to be horrible because their home life was terrible and then they don't come back and see their mom or or, or dad that that mm-hmm. that invested or they don't have kids at all, and by the time they're 70, 80 years old, and they spend all this this time, energy, money, this this woman in her career, and she had a great career. She made millions of dollars, but now she has zero kids and zero family, and she she's on her she's on her deathbed, or in some home somewhere with no family, no friends, because of all of her all, all, all her friends have probably died off, or or are in a separate home. She's got no support system, and she dies lonely and miserable without fulfilling her God given her God-given purpose, which is to be a homemaker. Right. And so that's why our society is lying to us when they say kids are a waste of time. Right. If you raise them right, if you raise them right, when you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, man, you're going to be the happiest people. Right. Because and- you're going to have a huge family. That family is going to be a huge support system. You're going to have the most... You'll never look back on your life and be like, you know what? I wish I would have made another 100000 or another million. But you are going to look back in your life and you say, man, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Right. Yeah. And and even that, I'm... Because I've mentioned that that sounds... Su- like this is... Th- to anyone who listens to this, they're yeah. going to think this sounds super sexist. I don't care. Same <laughs> no, no, no. And that's fine. I don't really care either. But I'm just saying also, like, I wanted to say, if my wife that I eventually get yeah. wants to work, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Go for it. I'm not saying women can't work. Please please don't misunderstand that. Yeah. That's why I just wanted to clarify that because yeah. that could be... But I'm not saying that, that she has to be the stay-at-home mom. Sure. She has to stay at home for the rest of her life and she has to stay there and take care of the kids. And No, not not at all. Yeah. I definitely do 
think that the man should be the main support money-wise. Yeah, the breadwinner. Yeah. And the wife. Now, like I said, if she wants to even be a stay-at-home mom and do work at home, like my mom did that. Yeah. Stayed home. She didn't, wasn't a necessarily a stay-at-home mom, but yeah. she like worked from home when she could, yeah. stayed with me, had me go to daycare, but then didn't have me at, that's where another things go wrong too. They didn't have me at daycare for the entire day. Yeah. It was. Well, definitely our society does not, does not uh, make it easy for the stay-at-home mom uh, model. Right. Right. Because of the way our, our, our economy works, our society works, it definitely doesn't, doesn't make it easy. I'm just saying the ideal, the preferable ideal would be that the man has a job that makes enough money to support a family, to, 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 to provide. And that woman can stay at home and really care for the kids and, and actually make a home. Right. There, it's proven fact that women are more fulfilled when they when they are a homemaker. It's proven fact, and it's one of the hardest jobs, by the way. Yes, like uh, uh, we can you know we can sit here and say this you know, but actually caring for kids and actually uh, making you know you know being a homemaker, keeping you know keeping the house uh, clean, you know all this stuff. It's it's a it's a hard job, right. but it's proven that the software of women. That's how it works. Like they are built for this. That that is their fulfilled uh, calling is is, right. is 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 to do this, and so they're going to be the most happy doing this. Absolutely. Um, even even if at seventeen, eighteen, they say no, I don't want to be. I don't want to do that. I want to be a. I want to be a cop, or I want to be a, or you know, neurosurgeon, or something like this. You know, that's even if they say that, at some point that biology catches up with them, and they're going to want kids. Right. So it's just it's just the way it is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. Me personally, whenever and, and who knows if I'll ever get married because because of these archaic uh, tr- traditional beliefs, it's hard to find women uh, that are especially my age. Um, you because, can find him on Instagram because if they are my age, if they are my age and single, then this was their mentality, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, so I got to kind of go younger, but. Um, which you can find him at his Instagram. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, so so what I'm saying <laughs> is um, when, if I ever get married, hopefully, God willing, um, I want to be in a position where it's just, it's not even a question. When, when we have kids, she's going to stay home because it's a proven fact that those first four years, of, of, of that child's life is the most impactful of who that person eventually becomes. And so the bond that they create with their mother is invaluable in that, in that period of time. Right. And so I want it to be, I want to be in a position financially where it's not even a question. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're having any kids. Yeah. Right. You're, you're staying home with the kids. Um, I'm not going to, you know, this might give me trouble. I'm not going to, you know, pawn them off on grandma. You know, I'm not going to pawn them off on daycare. I'm not going to sit them in front of an iPad, you know, to raise them. Um, it's going to be a, a, the, the mom is going right. to, to, to raise it. And then when I get home from work, then I also, you know, jump in. Right. It, I believe that that is, is what's going to produce. Right. 
the type of and individual that is going they're not then when you are old they aren't going to just leave leave and forget about you you raise them right. right you've actually invested in them you didn't allow the tv or the ipad to raise them or the or the right. daycare or grandma or whatever and you were completely absent in their life and now mm-hmm. you're wondering why they're absent in, right in your life when when they're older well maybe it's because you didn't invest mm-hmm. in them when they were kids yeah and it and even in in my own life i can see that yeah. like and just, I think my mom stayed at home yeah. during the first, like you said, first four years of mm-hmm. my life, basically until I started going to school. Yeah. Basically, I think she's, I believe she stayed home. If not, she was home a lot. Yeah. Because I was with her a lot. And that has developed the relationship that I have with my mom now. Exactly. I have a very strong relationship with my mom. Love my mom. Yeah. I'd do anything for her. If it, it like, and it's because she stayed at home or even if she didn't fully stay at home, spent as much time with me as she as possibly possible, could. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what has raised me and made me who I am today. Yeah. And that that's how it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, kids are, are the point. Absolutely. And, and that's, point. oh, that was something I was going to bring up earlier. There's no point at all in having a job that makes money unless you have someone to make that worth it. Exactly. You by yourself making a million dollars, 15 billion dollars. Eventually that gets really doesn't, lonely. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, by yourself, yeah. you can never buy yourself enough things that'll make you happy no. with any of that money. You have to have someone to there cre- to create memories, to, to create put, to create events in life that you look back on right. with you know that that had you look back on with you know with love and 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 you're like wow that was that think? was awesome. It wasn't the money that that you're looking at. You're looking at the time you spent. Right, and, and with, of course, I, I would. I've also like like I have the money can be the. The catapult into Money's those, a tool. Money's a into tool. those yeah. into those memories, yeah. but still, like when when there are bur- like houses, like houses that burn down, yeah. people don't go, "Oh man, I had my money in there." Yeah, I had that was all. They like I miss the pictures I had, yeah. and that I had photo. I people run out with photo albums. Yeah. They run out with they don't run out with their Xbox. Yeah, they don't run out with any of that. They run out with. Well, maybe, pictures maybe some people I don't yeah know. i was gonna say <laughs> maybe some people nowadays like i gotta save the xbox but for the most part those are the things that you miss are yeah. pictures and memories and all that not the money that it was in it absolutely money is what provided those memories it's a tool money's a tool yeah absolutely yeah, money's not the ultimate no for absolutely sure. no money is 100 just a tool yeah yeah, so um, to all of you out there, uh, have kids uh, and raise them and, and, and invest in them, and uh, you'll see that you'll be fulfilled. Um, I, I, so it's it's no secret that I love Ben Shapiro. Um, really? <laughs> and so uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, I, I listen to a lot of his stuff, and he he gave the analogy. I think it's good because you know he's speaking from experience right i obviously am not speaking from experience i'm speaking just simply from an ideology right right of uh, course you know i uh, ideology because obviously i'm not married and i don't have kids where he is uh, and and he does um and he said when you're single uh it's 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 on like a 1 to 10 scale like your your lows like are like a 2 or a 1 and your highs are like a nine or a max of ten, you know, on a scale. You're saying like happiness? Yeah, like okay. like 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 if we were to scale it, like when you're single and and and, and your lows, like like something bad happens, it's like a one or a two, and then uh, 
you know, the best things that happen is like a 10. Not, you know, a nine or 10. 10. Yeah. So when you get married, that, uh, that, that, that jumps quite a bit. So it's like now the scale is like, is like, is like a hundred. When, when something good happens with your spouse, it jumps up to like, you know, a hundred, like this is a hundred. And when something bad happens, like it, it, it can tank, it can tank down to like, you know, negative, you know, negative 20 or negative, 50. you know, right. it's a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger range there because now right. what makes her happy is what makes you happy and what makes, and it's, and it's yeah. more fulfilling. And so when you have kids that exponentially increases to where it's like, it's like a thousand, you know what I mean? Like when something good happens, it's the best thing that's ever going to happen in your, in your life. Right. With your kids, because it, it creates such a, a fond memory, it creates such a such a bonding. It's like, it's like, it's the most fulfilling thing. And then when something bad happens, it's the most tragic thing, right? You know, when you you know with your kids, so that's kind of like the that's the look of life, right? Where when you're single, you have a hard time understanding that, right? But I I, I enjoy his perspective because he's you know he's obviously lived it, right? And he's gone through some tragedy of his own with his with his own family, um, and so. Yeah, I could definitely see how that would make sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, unlike Hollywood and unlike Disney and what they'll tell you, marriage, the, the, the ultimate factor of marriage is not love. Right. <laughs> That's going to be controversial. Absolutely. The ultimate factor of marriage is not love. Is love a part? Um, is love a part of... of I'm getting blown up here. Uh, is love a part of marriage? Uh, absolutely. And you should love your spouse. The Bible, the Bible it, it admonishes the husband to love the wife as, as Christ loved the church. Right, like, right, of course. Like, love is definitely a part of marriage. Absolutely. But Disney and Hollywood have put so much emphasis on love. Like, finding your true like finding love. your one true soulmate. Like, like, before I move on with this, do you believe there's one person that was created specifically for you? Absolutely not. Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> Do you know the... Okay, think of it like, like this. Do you believe there's a soulmate? Do you think of it like this? If there's one person out there made for me, <laughs> the odds of me finding that person... You have a one in seven billion. Ex- so low. They're so, so low. But if it's, God, if it's God willed, then God will, God's will will happen. Wait, You're that's like, not... <laughs> no, that's not... No, absolutely. So, so a lot of Christians believe this, though. Like, a lot of people believe that God created you and he created one other person that you were meant for. And that is set in stone, ready to go. No, like, I, I definitely don't like believe your that. your soulmate, specifically made for you. Um, and for a minute there, uh, I, I sort of believe that. Right. You know, because that's just like the pat... You know, it's God's will. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Of like, course, that's how we we, we Christians yeah, tend yeah, to do yeah, yeah. that phrase a lot. Yeah, it's God's for will for everything. Yeah, yeah. We always just go, "It's God's will." Yeah. And so, I, for for a minute there, I I, I kind of bought into that. Mm-hmm. But then I started really looking at it, and I said, "Look, first of all, marriage would have to be, um, would have to mean more to God than it actually does, in order for that to be a thing." And we have biblical evidence of this. Marriage is not that big of a deal to God. 
marriage is right. a marriage is a godly institution and God instituted marriage right for a purpose and for a reason but in the grand scheme of things marriage is not a big deal to God yeah uh, and here's why and, and here's why I know this the Pharisees were, were were talking to Jesus one day and they were uh, trying to trip him up and they said okay what about the the widow whose whose husband dies and then she marries again, and her husband dies again, and she marries again. I think they did this four or five times. And then she's, and, and they said, now when she goes to heaven, who's her husband? And Jesus, you could almost hear his derision and his his uh, his mocking. He was like, "You have no understanding. You don't get it. Um, there's no marriage or given in marriage in heaven. Right." It's not. It's not a. It's not an. It's not an institution that's even needed in heaven. Yeah. We live on this earth approximately, you know, seventy-five, eighty years. In in perspective to eternity, it's a drop in the bucket. If that. Do you understand that? Like, it's our temporary physical, uh, physical state that we're currently in. Right. But it, as far as eternity is concerned. Marriage is an institution only for this physical state that we're in. Yeah. To sustain this physical state that we're in. Marriage is a is a is a institution by God um for our current state, but when once we pass over, right. There is no marriage or given in marriage. There's no need for it. Yeah. No. Because we're not in that same we're not in the same flesh and blood. We we we, we don't, right. we're not even in the same realm. And so Marriage just isn't that important to God. Yeah, He created marriage. Why? For procreation, which we not love for procreation for the sustainability of this thing called human race. Right. That's why He created marriage. It wasn't for love. Yes, we should love our wives, and yes, love is a part of it. But that's not the ultimate reason. And that's why I say there's no way that there's only one person out there. Look, any relationship takes both the man and the woman putting in work. Absolutely. To make it work. It's not like, you know what, we just weren't meant to be. No, how about one of you guys are putting in the work? Yeah. Like that's yeah, or change something. That's that's like, literally what it is. It the only requirement for marriage is that man and woman. Now that it's up to that man and that woman to make the right decisions and to put in the right work to make that marriage work. Right. That's literally it. Like there's no like this compatibility. Yeah, I think personalities are more compatible with others, sure. But I'm saying like at the end of the day, like it takes a man and a woman, and that's there's your necessary ingredients to make this thing work. Now, now work, because it is work. Which we even see that I've always thought this too. This is kind of why I have believed that, like, because I've always had that kind of thing that that marriage isn't that important to God. Yeah. In in a, a from a different setting in the Bible. Yeah. To me, that really made me believe that or, or think that Understand is. Understand it. Yeah. Is when. When a, a husband would a husband and a wife mm-hmm. in the Bible, I can't remember there were there was one I can't remember what setting it was, but husband and a wife, the husband died, the wife have had had kids and all that. Mm-hmm. She was then just moved on to his brother, yeah, and was now his brother's wife exactly, and that was it. It was that was the whole thing. It was very utilitarian, like it was very like oh man woman yeah put them together like. <laughs> Like even back then, the the dad just gave his daughter to whoever he thought was good. Yeah. Like, there, 
it's it's this it's this current and, and that's it, why and it worked that's what was exactly weird. and they worked. stayed because they understood that marriage was a sacred thing it was a sacred thing unto god so right. beyond their differences they had to make this thing work because this is a sacred thing unto they god could not whereas today it's now the person's feelings and wants and desires that and that, pleasures that supersedes the sacred covenant to God, right? And so that's why we have that. That's why we have divorce. And a part of that, the reason why we are the way we are, is because our current culture through Hollywood and Disney and all these things that tell us that love is just the most important thing. And that's why the homosexual agenda is gaining traction because, hey, love is love. Well, no, it's not just love is love. Love right. isn't. Romantic love, and, and there are different types of love. I'm, I'm specifically talking about romantic love. Romantic love, love yeah. Romantic love is not the end-all and be-all. Right. It's not, the, it's not the guiding light or the north star of any sort of, any sort of godly relationship. It's not. The, the north star, the guiding, guiding light of any godly relationship is God. And if you have the two, two ingredients, man and woman, and you put God in the middle, and both are putting in work... They're going to make that thing work, but a homosexual lifestyle—it's it, only about the romantic love or the eros. If we're taking it from the Greek, um, yeah, that's a, just a recipe for disaster. As soon as, as soon as uh, one day you wake up, even for just a man and a wife, and you wake up and she 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 ticks you off for some reason. Well, guess what? There there goes your your love. You yeah, know what I'm saying, and that's just—it's a horrible way to. To uh, look at marriage in general, and that's why homosexuality again does not make any sense, right? right. Or gay marriage, and that's a reason. Another topic <laughs> that the government should not get involved in marriage. Absolutely, marriage is not a government thing. Marriage is a God thing. Yep, God is the one that institutionalized marriage. God, this is God's idea. This isn't man's idea, and so the whole gay marriage thing. Look, if you want to be with the same sex. Like whatever, but don't don't take something that's God's uh, 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 institution of marriage in order to sustain hu- the human race and to raise children and make it this perverted, you know, romantic thing that is is so ungodly. It just the the whole gay marriage thing to me is is stupid. I don't, I don't understand what rights they gained except the right to pervert a, a godly institution. I don't understand it. Right. So so would you believe that that they should be allowed to get married? I I don't I don't think the government should have any say whatsoever. Right. Cuz I'm under that Im- impression. I mean, I've this is this Like like if <laughs> like if two gay people like say say the government had no say in marriage whatsoever. Right. Like if they couldn't tell you whether you could get married or not. Let's say the government had no say whatsoever. Right. And it was strictly a godly institution that you had to go to your church. Look, if a two if two gay people can find some wackadoodle preacher who believes in 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 gay marriage and that will marry them according to their standard of their church. Yeah. Whatever. Go for it. I'm not going to recognize it as a marriage, but if you guys want to if you guys want to walk down the aisle and play and pretend that you're married, great. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. The government plays no role in it. So that's what I'm saying. And that, Mar- marriage is a God thing. You, 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 you do it with a, a pastor who you know is a man of God, and you are doing and you are walking in the will of God, and you are, as a man and wife, taking this seriously as a covenant unto God. Well, then that's a marriage. Right. And, and it, this is, this is going to be real 
controversial. Controversial here, but like I'm under the opinion that government should step out of a lot of things. Absolutely. And government's and way too big. Like even towards racism, okay? If I would be fully okay if there was a restaurant and then let me finish explaining why. <laughs> if a restaurant said, "We only serve white people." Okay? Because I would never go to that restaurant. Nor and would a lot Nor of people. would anyone else. And that's how capitalism works is that business gets shut down because they had a stupid policy that's the problem with our society we try to fix social problems with the government instead of fixing social problems with 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 ideas right with the culture with the and this is why okay a lot of christians wonder why our world is so messed up is because you christians didn't get involved in the conversation uh-huh. for 50, 60, 70 years. Christians need to be involved in politics. You isolated yourself and said, you know what? They're the world. We're the church. We're not going to do anything. Well, if you want to influence the culture, like all of these things should be done at the community level and then spread out. We're doing it backwards. We're doing it from the governmental level down. You, you're not going to be able to legislate morality if nobody even believes in the morality. Right. So you, you can't go to Washington and say um, gay marriage is wrong if they don't even have an understanding of what the Word of God says culturally. Like us as churches and us as communities need to be inculcating our ideology and spreading it organically through the people and then that will in turn spread into the culture right and that culture will then in turn affect legislation. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do it the opposite way. Right. We're trying to have legislation influence the culture and it's not going to work no it's It's not not at all legislation is downstream of culture right we have to understand that so we have to affect the culture first with our with our belief system right and then it'll affect it'll affect the government right i I, i've always believed christians are should be the main people that should be wanting to be involved in politics yeah in the conversation for sure they want to be in there yeah like obviously i know that there's the whole thing like Politicians are corrupt and yeah. all that stuff, but the job itself is not inherently corrupt. No, it's, it's not. what you do with that job. Exactly, and that's like, where I, I'm. They saying that all politicians are corrupt yeah. is not accurate. Accurate at all because I have no idea. Some the majority might be. Yeah, but it's intentions. It's is their intention money? Is their intention power? Is their intention their own? You know, get, just be Christians. Yeah. And then go into politics yeah. to try to change what what you feel is right about society, what you feel is wrong about society. That, that as well as Christians need to be, we cannot be so timid in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the society is is muting the, the Christians and saying you can't be involved in this conversation because your belief system is so obsolete or so archaic that they get shouted down and then Christians feel intimidated. Right. So we can't let that happen. We have to we have to make our ide- we have to make our ideologies a part of our culture, a part of our community. It starts on a community level and then it and then it grows out from there. Yeah. It yeah, it's just I've always had that thought because I've heard other people say that Christians shouldn't be. And involved that's one there, thing so. I appreciate about I appreciate about President Trump. Um, he has openly talked about um, because so I don't know it was like a week or so ago. Beto O'Rourke was at a town hall. I don't know if you know who Beto O'Rourke is. 
He's a he's a Democratic candidate for the president in 2020. Um, and he was asked if a church disagrees with gay marriage, should they lose their tax exempt status? Wait, say it again. So he was asked if a church disagrees with gay marriage, should that church lose their tax exempt status? Mm. And he said, absolutely. Yes. That's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, and that's one thing I appreciate about Donald Trump is that uh, he has said, no, churches should definitely be one of the main influences and one of the main voices for our for our country. Right. Like, just because they stand up for a certain political side, they shouldn't lose their taxes and status. Linda B. Johnson signed some uh, legislation back in the 60s that said that if a if a church leader uh, says who you should vote for, then they lose their taxes and status. That's why all these churches are super careful about their political stance because they don't want to lose their tax exempt status. Right. So, but Donald Trump is saying, no, look, that's who the people that those are the people that should be saying that. Right. That should be giving reasons why we vote the way we do. Right. Of course. These are the people. So they shouldn't lose their tax exempt status. So that's one thing I do appreciate about Donald Trump. And that's super scary that Beto said that if a, if a church disagrees with gay marriage, that they lose their tax exempt status because they're not saying, the church is not saying they can't get married. They're just saying they aren't going to perform the, the wedding. And Beto even said this after he said, no religious institution should force on any community uh, their, their belief systems. Right. We're not forcing anything on anybody. Nope. We're just saying don't force yours on mine. Exactly. Don't yeah. force us to abide by your belief system. Yeah. If you want to go get married, go get married. But don't force our church to perform it. And if we say that we don't want to, yeah, yeah then go find another church. Then go find another church that, that agrees with your stance. Or find another bakery. That's exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. Colorado, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. There was a, there was a so big, big case about this gay person that came in and wanted a, a cake made for a gay wedding. The baker did not say he wouldn't make him a cake. He said, if you want a cake, I'll bake you a cake. No problem. But I won't bake a cake for the gay marriage, for the gay wedding, because me as a Christian, I don't agree with gay marriage, and so therefore I cannot be a part of that ceremony. If you want a cake for you personally and a party or whatever, and it's just a plain cake or whatever, that's fine. But you want to want me to write on there, you know, as a as a as a as a participant of this gay wedding. And me as a Christian, my morals, I'm, I, I'm just not going to yeah. be able to and do that. And how that should have gone is them go, okay, okay we'll and walk out and go find another bakery. But they wouldn't have had, especially in Colorado, dude. I right. lived, I lived in Denver, one of the gayest cities, <laughs> and, and you don't even know this. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Like uh, a large LGBTQ community. Right. They, they, they could have found a, a baker that would have done it. No yeah. problem. They targeted that person specifically because of his might belief have even systems. already known that that was a Christian and oh, wanted the publicity. I, I can't say that for sure, but I absolutely believe that that is definitely a thing that could have happened. They, they right. might have looked it up and been like, okay, which one's Christian because we want to make a stink. Yeah, totally, totally stupid. Here's what's always bothered me about things is when you say something like black people play basketball a lot. Okay. 
and someone goes, that's racist. That's not racist. That's that is fact. not racist. <laughs> that's not racist. It's prejudice. I don't think it's either. I mean, okay. I don't think I, it's either. Because I think racism, it's racism means hate. For for it to something to be racist well, in the you, word, yeah, I think you would. I think you would have to. You would have to define terms with whoever you're talking about first to make sure you're talking about the same thing. I know, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. The yeah. the term racism yeah. means like to physically like say something that is is bad about a group because you hate that group. Yeah, or hate that because it doesn't have to be necessarily a race it can like i hate gay people or whatever that is is a kind of a form of of the, the, that's that that's considered homophobia homophobia or, or right, right, or right. Whatever. yeah yeah which you shouldn't you yeah. never hate a group of anyone for no. anything ever but then saying that black people play basketball generally is just it's not hateful in fact yeah. it's it's I mean, basketball. Them. I mean, basketball players make millions. So yeah, and it's uh, I don't know. It's which we can even go into that of why I think that they do <laughs> the entertainment industry. Yeah, we're we're just branching off here. No, no, no. Saying that the majority of basketball players or even football players are black is it's not just racist. A statement. Um, it is just an observational fact. Um, and again, going back to equal, uh, equal but different. Right. Um. The, the the black community um it's no secret that they uh they obtain genes that have uh stronger athleticism yeah uh they're faster they're taller um and even musically they're they're more musically inclined mm-hmm. uh there, there, there's been studies on like uh, vocal ranges of the uh, uh, of certain black communities and 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 how they have a, a bigger vocal range than. So to say that, I mean, and this is gonna sound terrible. The re like they tried to enslave, <laughs> they tried to enslave other populations, and they were they couldn't handle it. They were just too weak. They kept dying. Right. So they went with the Africans. Why? Because they were. Uh, stronger, bigger. In fact, there's one instance they took this tribe of, of these huge African American dudes, and we're we're getting way off the weeds now. But yeah. it's just interesting. They they took this tribe of like huge African American dudes, right? And on the way to the U.S., on their way to the uh, West Indies, where they're going to be mm-hmm. sold, um, the 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 slaves on this ship. Um, figured out a way and they overpowered the mm-hmm. ship and they took over the ship. That's that's awesome. Like that's they good. legit killed that's, that's their dope. officers. They turned the ship back around and went back to Africa. That's pretty dope. Like, like that's like that's a real that's, like, that's a real cool. thing. That's funny. That's Why? Cool. Because their 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 bodies are are not superior in that they're better. They're they're bigger, they're stronger, they 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 have more athletic ability. So it just makes sense that 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 fields like music and fields like uh, like uh, athleticism, the black community is going to is going to advance. Right. It's not saying that they're better or that they're worse. It's just saying that they're different. Yep. Absolutely. They're just as equal in value as a human being, but their skill sets and their talents are different. Absolutely. Whereas the Asian, okay, how many? Asian uh, uh, people, do you know that are not in tech or in or in the medical field? 
Okay, tons of them. They're that that's because their skill set and their their culture and their tradition makes it where their skill set goes in those fields. Right. Us white people, I'm not real sure. I'm just <laughs> yeah, no, we're just kind of <laughs> we're just everywhere. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't stand it when people look at people and they say, "Oh, because you say that." You know, black people are just, you know, they just play basketball that they're, you know, you're, that's just racist. No, it's not. No. It's a, it's a observational fact that most basketball, the, the NBA is in large African-American. The NFL in large is African-American. They're the more athletic people of our world. Doesn't mean they're better. Doesn't mean that we're better. Doesn't, it just there, means there's no, different. there's no inequality in value. We are all equal at the foot of the cross, as the Bible says. We are all humans. Yep. But we all have different skill sets. We all have different advantages and disadvantages when it comes to physical attributes. Absolutely. And that's just that's the that's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. The other topic in my class was uh, they were talking about. Um, talking about ghosts oh wow this is very different than the yeah last very week. different and um i or, no, and i my, my question was and is do you i i i have a i have an opinion about it uh but uh it'd be interesting to hear yours and it was interesting to hear theirs um do you believe in ghosts <clears throat> in that and let's define ghost the spirit of the departed like you can right like you can like people that are dead are are still like spirits, like yeah, right. You can feel like they were talking about like you could feel their energy or whatever. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? It's a very difficult thing to answer. Easy answer would be no. Okay. The more difficult answer would be kind of. Okay. Because, explain. And the only reason I say kind of is because. And inherently, I'm like, I don't know, like, if, if when someone dies, like, like let's say, like, my grandparents, my grandparents are both dead. Yeah. Let's say, I think they've, I don't know, but I think they've at least gone, like, either to heaven or to hell, which I believe they've gone to heaven. But, like, anyway, either either way, <laughs> in that, in that. Okay. I don't, because then if we say that ghosts are around us. We're kind of putting that there is a, a space between heaven or hell yeah, where the soul goes. And there's no mention of that in anything in the Bible that the soul is there. So there's... Keep going. It's fine. Ooh, so you believe in purgatory. Okay. No, I don't believe in purgatory. So, <laughs> I don't believe in purgatory at all. I like that out of context. Um, <laughs> just, just clip it. So you believe in purgatory. No, no so I don't know. I just... Yeah. I don't know. But the reason why I'd also tend to believe I'm like, well, I guess there might be is because of experiences I've I've heard of other people who have done like Ouija boards or stuff like that. Yeah. And they've done some creepy things yeah. with those. And but I also could could come to the agreement that that could just be a, an actual just a an evil spirit I playing the a, trick of I definitely a lot of what you said triggered a lot of uh, opinions. That. Good. I'm glad because I really don't have any. Um, I really don't have any true opinions. The because so. um, I just don't know. The the scripture Nor says really that about it. when when Jesus comes again, uh, or at the resurrection, 
that the dead in Christ shall rise first and meet him in the clouds. Okay. Okay. So to say that they are in heaven now would be incorrect. Okay. I believe that when a person dies, they, uh, uh, what, what Jesus even said when he when he went and healed somebody that was that was dead, uh-huh. he said, "Oh, she's sleeping." Um, I believe that their soul, their being, their uh-huh. consciousness, is asleep. Okay, they they aren't experiencing. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Have you ever like had surgery where you had to go under no. anesthesia? Uh, I think when I was young. Okay, when you go under anesthesia. Um, I've had it multiple times uh, for many surgeries, and when when you go under anesthesia, the doctor or the nurse that is talking to you before you go to sleep mm-hmm. literally turns into the nurse waking you up. There's no sense of time, and there's no right. sense of anything. Right. Like, it just is like, boom, it's done. Like, it could be a four-hour surgery. Your body, your brain... It just like loses consciousness. It's right. done. Like it's out, and the the hours that passed seems like nothing. Right. Um, seems just like a second. It's kind of what I believe when okay. it comes to and 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 here's why. Going back to words mean many different things. Hell, what what we translated as hell has like three or four different meanings. Right. It has Gehenna. It has Hades. It has Sheol, and it has, I think there's another one. But one of those means the grave. That's all it means. Right. It doesn't mean fire. It doesn't mean punishment. It doesn't mean anything. One of one of the definitions of hell is just the grave. Okay. Um, one of those means the actual, uh, like like Gehenna is like the punishment, the the lake of fire, the, you know, right. the wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's also another thing of hell, and then Hades. Um, I'm I, and I think there's one more actually. I think there's four. I'm and, well, and I haven't done Hades. Hades is Greek, isn't and it? obviously this was like a something like that. This was a yeah. Those are all Greek. Uh, yeah. um, these the um, obviously this is a off the spur question, so I don't have all my all my research. But hell means means a couple different things, and it talks about when you die, you go to hell or you go to the grave. And Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Um, so I don't believe that when you die, you necessarily go to heaven or you, ne- or you necessarily go to hell. Okay. Um, I, I believe that uh, you are, like I said, asleep, asleep. And on the day of judgment, right. that's when your fate is decided whether right. you go to heaven or hell. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, but to that, but, but like you said, the person, like when you, Put to sleep. Mm-hmm. The nurse that's putting you to sleep is yeah. the one that's waking you up, like instantly, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to those souls, they've already woken up. Yeah, but it, to those souls, it's already judgment day. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Once you die, it's technically already. But, but judgment time day. is still a thing. Yes, like, absolutely. Right now they're asleep. They're they're absolutely. they're not active. But right but now. I'm just saying in yeah. that they're they are asleep. Yeah. To them in their their that that in their in their consciousness consciousness. It's already Judgment Day. Correct. If time hasn't passed, yeah, time hasn't passed for them. They they don't feel time the doesn't time. pass. They don't feel the passing of time. Right. But right now, in this current state, Judgment Day is not a thing yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't prove 
or disprove ghosts. It just oh, I think it does clarifies. I think it does absolutely. Where they I are. think um, I think ghosts are the belief in ghosts are number one a a act of the enemy. Okay, in order to confuse people. Okay, um, that's one of the reasons. Um, the uh, the other reason is to lead people astray as far as like, okay, for instance, um, this is a biblical instance of this. Saul, the king of Israel, uh-huh. is he knows that he's like he's toast. Things are things are going bad for him. Right. And he needs uh, some sort of some sort of guidance. And Samuel's already dead. Okay. And he usually uh, relied on the prophet to give him guidance. And right. Samuel's already dead. And so he has no recourse and he's far from God. And he actually goes to a I witch. I remember the story, yeah. He goes to somebody who claims to communicate with the dead. Right. Like this is her job. Like she does this on a regular. And he asked the witch, can I talk to Samuel? She says, and she's actually at first afraid of Saul because Saul was a king who killed witches. Now he's going against this and he's talking right. to a witch. And whatever whatever that conversation looked like, she comes to the agreement, okay, I'll I'll do my thing and, right. I'll, and I'll talk to Saul. Or Samuel, excuse me. The Bible says that Samuel ascends and comes in that, in that house, right, like in form, and she freaks out. She supposedly did this all the time, though, right? Like she spoke with ghosts, quote unquote ghosts. Well, I believe those interactions that she was having were not real at all. They were either number one, she was a she was a trickster where there's plenty of those scam artists. Right. Or she was actually communicating with evil spirits. Yeah, that, that that's those, what I yeah. and those evil spirits were giving her information and, right. and and blah blah blah. She had never encountered a thing where the actual person manifests and actually is a thing. God allowed that particular occasion to happen. Right. Be, for for Saul's sake, but she absolutely loses her lid when this happens. She runs away, like she's super scared that that this actually happened. Right, um, and so that's why I don't believe that. I believe ghosts, the what we call ghosts, and 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 people that have inter. I don't I don't deny that people have have interactions with things. Right in the spirit realm, I believe there is a spirit realm, and I believe there's a physical realm. I don't believe that you go to that spirit realm when you die. Um, I believe you're 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 asleep. Your soul and your spirit is asleep. Um, the only spirit realm that is out there is good, good and good and evil spirits, angels and demons. Um, right. It doesn't. The Bible never says that your your spirit is free. Right. Free to roam. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you you're like you said. You're either heaven or hell. I believe you're asleep. And judgment day comes, and that's when 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 you're either heaven or hell. Um, and hell was never intended for you. Hell was intended for uh, Satan as demons, so it wouldn't make sense that you would go there first. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I all that witchcraft and stuff. The Bible just it 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 explicitly condemns any sort of sorcery or witchcraft of any type of like that. Because you're opening yourself up to a realm that you don't under, you don't even understand. Like, right. You don't even understand the amount of malevolence behind this. No mm-hmm. matter how 
good it looks or right. how uh you know these people get get caught up in the, the the sense of having power right man you don't even know what you're messing with yeah like absolutely. that like that is some th- that's some dark 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 uh well it's literally the opposite of, of god right it's, it's it's some of the darkest darkest things right. that you can get involved with i strongly advise you do not get involved in that stuff right um even as even as benign as astrology, my my students are constantly talking about uh, um, uh, astrological signs. You know, oh, you, you, the, you know, you're a Virgo, the, you're a yeah. Aquarius, whatever. And that that it seems benign, dude. That's just the that's just the start into a whole bunch of just absolute devilish devilish stuff mm-hmm. and we cannot get involved in that as as as, as christians all that stuff is a, is a bunch of baloney uh my personality has nothing to do with the time of year that i that i was born um my personality has to do with my environment and and the circumstances in my life that right. made me who i am today and your parents um it has nothing to do with that um and giving or giving or attributing any sort of personal uh, attributes to something that is very dark like that. It's just, yeah, man, that's just not wise. You, you, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. And we even talked about psychics in my class. One of my students, particularly she, she believes in psychics and I guess she had a reading and, and the, the psychic was, was fairly accurate. And I say fairly accurate because she was explaining to me what she said. And I, I, I said, yeah, those are, those are called Barnum statements. A lot of psychics are just plain old scam artists. They're not yeah. even, they're not even dealing in the in the dark arts. They're no, just yeah, scam artists. Yeah. And I said, uh, those are called Barnum statements. They had, they could get a room full of people and say, you know, right now I'm feeling, uh, feeling somebody, mm, some some knee pain, some some recent knee pain, in a room full of as small as forty or fifty people. You think there's going to be one or two of the people that have knee pain? Yeah, no, 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 duh. Because this is a thing called human life. Okay, um, you, you, you've had you've had some tragedy in your life in the last in the last decade or so. Well, who hasn't had tragedy in the last decade or so? Yeah, in their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. these these are called Barnum statements. They start reading your 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 body because language. Once once you once you affirm, and they always ask, yes, is that right? Once you affirm, it's proven scientifically that your brain starts starts losing inhibitions once you start affirming what they're saying, and you, your walls start coming down, and you're you're actually it, it's almost like a hypnotic thing that they're doing uh-huh. to you and then you start you start having this uh this physical reaction to this and your brain and everything everything starts clicking and, and going to where you're totally bought in and you and you you make you connections that are just whack yeah connections that, that and then like, if you were to go right. back and look at it objectively you're like yeah they were kind of wrong about this and there are there are plenty of times when they were wrong but you overlooked it because yeah. of what your your brain was doing and yeah. it's very strange um, psychics and I told them I said next time you see a psychic walk up to them and just slap them as hard as you can across the face and then ask them a question did you see that coming but but did you see it coming <laughs> and I said have you ever seen a, a psychic you know billionaire or, or, or millionaire if they knew the future they would uh be getting that money okay yeah. at least i would if i yeah, knew the future. I, yeah. Like, you know what i'm saying it, definitely it's, 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 it's a bunch of baloney yeah yeah i've never never been into that the yeah the if you come across a girl who's into those astrological signs man run 
Hey, mobsters. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of Word Mob. Make sure to follow our Patreon and Instagram and like us on Facebook. You can find those links in the podcast description. Welcome to the mob. And as always, if you can think about it, we can talk about it.